0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: On today's Believe in Chicago sports podcast, Rocky Warts has a monumental meltdown and the Chicago Bears are adding to their coaching staff. We give our reaction on episode 70 now.
0: Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gellman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gellman, the man on the other side of the Skype. He is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. Your number one podcast network for professionals is the Believe Podcast Network. Well, as Dan mentioned in the tease... Uh, the Blackhawks tried to do something good yesterday, have a town hall. The, the team is crap. Their off-the-ice issues with the Kyle Beach situation were atrocious and hideous, and they decided to have a town hall to address the future of the team uh, with Rocky Wirtz, Jamie Faulkner, president, and Danny Wirtz, CEO. And everything's going nice and dandy until Mark Lazarus and a couple other reporters um, try to ask about... What the Hawks are doing to promote player safety and organizational culture as a healthy one in wake of the Kyle Beach lawsuit and atrocities that occurred in the 2010 Cup run. And Rocky Wurtz, I don't know who or what he was thinking, or who told him to do this, which is probably no one, because everyone really said, here are our talking points. But he blew up at the reporters and the audience uh, talking about how the 2010s in the past, we're not talking about that. It's inappropriate for you to ask any of these questions. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the future. And Danny tried to jump in and try to answer the question, which, what are the Hawks doing now? And words wouldn't let him speak at all. He tried to shut down everything and everyone, If there are changes to the culture, we're talking about it. You're not needing to know about it. And it was just a masterclass in how to do everything wrong from a PR perspective in an organization that is dying for good press. And two, a masterclass in what not to do when trying to pay respect to someone like Kyle Beach and also to to help him heal if possible – and help the organization move forward and prevent this from ever happening again. And and that stance that words took yesterday, and I know he's probably pissed off because his entire organization reputation is forever tarnished. But mm. you you can't do that and 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 the fact that he had that reaction shows you that he's learned nothing and never really took any of this seriously because you never respond for that. And I can't imagine how the Hawks can recover today, even though there was an apology, from, from this league wide and city wide. And, and I'll let you jump in a second, but I just, I, I mean, this is a team that is just not very good. And the off the ice issues have really dampened anybody's interest. I can't tell you the last time I sat down to watch a full Hawks game, let alone a period. It's not been of interest, and what they what and what they covered up has disgusted me so much. It's not that interesting, and this is Pat Foley's final year. Calling it's something that should be celebrated, no matter what the team does, and there should be pomp and circumstance around it. And you have this cloud over the organization that they can't get out of their own way, and it's 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 horrible. And it's just it's it's another example of how this team and 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 ownership is just out of touch with what's going on. Doesn't understand the the severity of what occurred. and and, and is making it very hard to trust anything they do or say and it's just it's another black eye in an organization that really embodied some great things for the city for a long time little did we know it was in the guise of of what was happening off the ice that was just just hideous
1: yeah no i mean well said joey and wow where do you begin um and as you were saying, yeah, it was Lazarus and Philip Thompson who um, kind of went, went went right back at Rocky Wards, um, pressed him on, pressed him on that issue. And I mean, let me just start with this: your very first point, the Blackhawks want to host a town hall, if you will, whatever you want to call it, um, and you know, just talk about the development of, you know, GM search and everything, you know, whatever else. <laughs> however, else Rocky Wards almost wanted to control the narrative right after those questions were coming up, but. My thing is this, you know, you, you bring up like the phrase out of touch, how out of touch or naive do you have to be to go into that situation? You know, you're about to do a, a town hall. Do you not even prepare for, and in case this is brought up, right? Like in case this is asked, here's what our stance is on it. Here's what we've done. Um, or here's where we're at with this part of the process. In case somebody were to ask a question at any point about how we've, been handling this and what we're doing moving forward like that's why it was such a fair question by Lazarus to begin with because how do you not go in even just prepared right like and I hate even saying it that way like oh how are you not prepared to answer this type of question with some kind of you know crappy PR point? like let should just be truth and honesty right you should have you should truly be doing something right to be better and to get better about the situation that Un, you know came to light fortunate unfortunate situation that came to light um like you should like there should have just been a complete good honest answer to that in a perfect world right like tr- there was tragedy like there was a- terrible things that have occurred that occurred you said right you claimed that you were going to get better and do better like just better the organization so stuff like that hopefully doesn't happen again all right well then what is it because you can't just say that and then there really not be a plan. No, there should still be a plan and there should be a follow-up on that, because what have you done and what are you doing since then? And what that really tells me, unless, you know, there is some for whatever reason you can't disclose certain things or that or practices because of legal issues or whatnot, but I find that hard to believe. What's probably the most disappointing thing about all that is the Tantrum Throne by Rocky Wards almost leads you to believe that nothing has been done right. I mean, he brought, how how did he word? Oh, everybody that was, you know, associated with that 2010 team is gone anyways, which kind of isn't necessarily a hundred percent true. If you really think about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, okay, so that's what you did and that's what you're doing to be better. Just making sure those names that were mentioned or involved are no longer in the organization. Like that's what you've done and there's nothing else to it. Um so yeah, I mean that's that's aggravating in and of itself because it kind of shows you right then and there what well, there really is nothing in place like whole I mean, maybe there was right. I mean uh, it looks like a sudden Danny was trying almost like to save his skin there and you know maybe bring up something like maybe he's even more in tune with the organization and what they're doing um, than Pops is, but he didn't even let him speak right because he he threw the tantrum and I don't know, Joey. I th- I, I think out of touch is a very nice way of putting it because. Out of touch in, in what way? Like, you know, what do we even mean when we're saying that? Like, how are you out of touch with at at any point in your career, as you know, especially with the you know position where it has as, as as an owner of an NHL team? It's like, how at any point do you get even semi out of touch with something like this? Like, there's at no certain age, like as you get older or, or as the times change, do you ever get quote unquote out of touch with a situation like this? I'm not saying that's a poor way of putting it. That's how that's the only way to kind of put it, but that's has been extremely nice because what does that even mean? Like, you shouldn't even be allowed to be out of touch with a situation like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's out of touch in
0: terms of, um, not. I mean, no, it is. But but it, but I get what you're saying though because it, it it's not out of touch in terms of like like oh I'm out of I might have touch and understand technology. Like he's not right. ignorant of what happened. He's out of touch in terms of what is the proper way to deal with the situation. Which is still bad. Of course. But it's it's no longer, oh, just sweep everything under the rug. Because that's clearly what they right. did for 10 years. Yep. But it's it's how he he's, you know, probably over practice of years, how he probably handled issues. It's how McDonough handled issues. You couldn't yeah. – there was not a single negative – thing that came out about the Hawks in the entire 10-year run because they squashed everything, they hid everything. And, and 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 lacked transparency. And I think there's a new call to action now and there always should have been, but for yeah. more transparency and he's not ready to hand over the keys to the car with that. And I think it's just it's it, it's a really 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 bad way to run things now because you 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 can't do that.
1: And we'll speaking- no, but', but go ahead. Of running things, no, yeah, th- speaking of running things, it's also like, and I know when somebody you know kind of blows their pot or whatnot, like certain things are said that maybe like isn't necessarily like going to explain how they handle every type of issue, but just that. That arrogance or whatever sense you got when he was trying to tell Mark Lazarus, like, oh, yeah, I think just ask a new question. Like, we're just moving on. Like, this is what we're like. The power he almost tried to write, like express their whatnot of controlling the narrative and like calling the shots and saying, like, no, this is what it's going to be probably because he's used that type of. You know, formula before, like in his role of, no, I'm owner and this is what's happening. I'm pulling my pants up and this is what's gonna, this is how it's gonna go down. You know, like sheriff's in town. This is what we're doing. I run this show and it's, it's just sickening. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. like that, that, that's how you do things, huh? You just, you're, 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 Mr. Big Bad, you know, powerful owner who, that, that's how you run the show. So, but that, disappointing.
0: Yeah, but then, and that's how it's been. You know, I mean, you know, McDonough, right? revamped the entire image of the Cubs and the Blackhawks. But when you talk to people, I'm not trying to like, you know, throw blasts or libel, whatever we learn in journalism class, but when when you talk to people, it's like, you know, McDonough's brilliant, but the way they were in the organization was very, very dictatorshippy and my wear the highway, like you said, like big boy boss pants, like Yeah. I, I have control over everything. And I'm sure, you know, Bill Wirtz was the same way. He wouldn't let them on TV for fifty years. Yeah. Right? then, Rocky comes in, and McDonough, and it's it, it's it's systematic, and and it's it's disheartening, and it's you know you, I think it, it's 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 a a owner in this city who, ever since he took over for his father, has been beloved. And mm-hmm. I mean, he put this team on TV, and he, people forget that. They're like the Hawks weren't on TV till 2007 for home games, right? Like, yeah. that's a crazy concept. They they it, it timed perfectly that they were good when they got on TV. They made the three playoff runs. They won, and they made the the Cup final, and they won three of them. And and you you couldn't touch anything with them that was bad, and they had complete control over everything. And suddenly. Yeah. This is now an organization and an owner who've lost complete control, and they don't know what to do and how to deal with it. And I think I think Jamie Faulkner, was there last night, and Danny Wirtz. I do believe they're probably trying to implement new cultural things. I think they have done that. And truthfully, they had to be prepared to answer that question last night, and Danny was, because it wasn't rehashing old stuff. It was, hey, like See, you said— Hey, this happened. It was hideous. What are you guys doing to prevent it from happening again? Just like if you went to Penn State today and you go, that was horrible. What are you doing now to make sure a a, a player at your school never has to deal with that again? And he just couldn't handle it where I think the new regime could. I mean, I think they're being really forward-thinking right now. They're, They're probably... Taking a lot of in, in-house in steps to figure things out and make sure this is okay. From an on-ice perspective, they're doing what you want the Bears to do. They're having a committee of Hosa and Sharp and Olchek to help them find a GM. Like, they're outside-of-the-box thinking. Like, there's a lot of good going on from the new blood in there. And I'm not trying to be ageist with it, but there needs to be fresh eyes on this. And the guy that's been in control that was lauded clearly is flawed and... It's coming to a rear its ugly head now where I don't know how long it's gonna take them to to remove this 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 tarnished reputation. It's gonna to be tough. It's not like it was, oh they Taves took steroids, right? Or something like right. that, benign. Like this is a major, major issue.
1: Yeah, no, and I mean, like you said, just the audacity to say all that that issue's done and like no it is not like first off one no and two in terms of what you're planning to be to have done is still a very relevant question you could go to penn state today as you mentioned and ask about you know what's been done since throw it back years to the sandusky situation that has been going on for the past years to make sure like something like that yes has not come back you know what i'm saying like that's that could always be relevant and it's like this happened here what is the that that could be relevant that could be a relevant blackhawks question five years from now so we're, we're five years past this. what has been done what's the growth you've seen in those past five years come on
0: like, exactly
1: it's it's not over it's not just done now you know so that's that um upsetting i guess we'll transition into Better question mark, um, <laughs> updates in the, in the Chicagoland area, a uh, little upset, I- I'm upset at myself if have been trying to lean in with this idea, but it seems like I know Joe Brady was in for an interview for some type of offensive job with the Bears a couple days ago, but now it looks like he's going to the Bills. Well, 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 I really wanted that to happen. Okay, but we'll go on to the folks who are in town. Um, I don't know, Joey, you want to start at the, at the defensive side of, of things, or do you want to start off with the offensive side of things and Luke Getzey, we could go Allen Williams, um, and of course the, the latest, am, am I going to butcher this, Joey, Andrew Janico, Janico? I think that's right. Alrighty, righty. Well, Luke gets who apparently has never called plays question mark. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, which not necessarily a big thing to me um, in terms of stepping in as the Bears offensive coordinator. Uh, most recently, the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach uh, for the Green Bay Packers. So a few new names in town. It's been, uh, you know, you, you got to listen to Eber Flus, and, you, you know, you got to listen to polls. That's um, Coach
0: Floos to you.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You got to listen to Coach Fluus. So I apologize, Joey. Um, you know, impose give the give the little you know introductory press conferences. Well, it was about a week ago or so. So it's it's a little bit more digestible now. Where's your beers fans feeling, Joey? I, I did see on your on your Twitter. I'm sorry I didn't react to it or anything. That what was it? Uh, uh, almost what was it nine years ago to the day you were rooting and tuning about the Mark Tressman era beginning. That was a yeah.
0: Oops, one. that's a cold take exposed. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, it wasn't even really a take. You were just saying, hey, this baby's going to begin. So, yeah, you're, you're just excited is all right.
0: I know. I'm, I'm too excited all the time for this stuff. But, you know, it actually serves as a good transition because with him, with Mark Tressman, and with Nagy, you were enamored by this offensive genius identity that ah, these yes. guys were going to bring their offense to Chicago and light the world on fire. Yes. And what I like now about what they've done with the offensive hires, and I can't take all the credit because I've heard this a lot this week that's, that's helped me form my opinion. What I like from their offensive hires, whether it's Getze, Jonico, Tyke Tolbert, these are not guys that are married to a system and bringing that system to Chicago to change the world. They are coming here, and even Eberflus said this, to build an offense around Justin Fields. And that is all we've been asking for. Forget this idea of trying to bring your fancy system, your specific identity to this town to try to make it fit. You yeah. want to build something from scratch for your best player. And that, whether I whether it works or not, I don't know. But at least that mentality and mindset going in is extremely encouraging to me when the biggest bright spot on this team is still really only Justin Fields. We can talk about offense and defense as we go, but that's at least to me something very important as we look at how they build build this scheme, coaching tree, and eventual, of course, roster.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually thinking – you know, the other day about and we, we talked about something like this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago of would you rather have that defensive mind or head, head coach or would you rather have that offensive minded head coach? I know the Bears are not necessarily catching slack, um, you know, in the media, not necessarily locally or, or nationally um, for going the defensive minded route. Um, but, you know, you, you hear the argument of, oh, well, now if they get a hot shot offensive coordinator or somebody who does really well, then they're going to leave for a head coaching job, which, OK, fine, cool. That means things are on the up and up. But, and I think we did touch on this a little last week too, if you bring in an offensive-minded head coach, like say, like how we did with Matt Nagy, then that's what it is, right? That's the offense. The offense is that head coach's philosophy, and whoever you bring in, whoever that head coach brings in, it's obviously going to match that philosophy, right? Like, Sure, you like to think that any coach who, you know, when they go on ahead and hire their crew, if, if they're the ones running the show as the head coach and they're offensive-minded, that you want a little bit of differentiating opinions that you're going to, you know, hire on your staff so you can bounce things off. But ultimately, even if you do that just to try to diversify the staff, like, you know at the end of the day, it's most things are going to be through their philosoph- philosophical lens, right? So the thing we have now with the Chicago Bears is, yes, like you said, just like, you get different people in the room. And it's not necessarily even just, Oh, my fancy schmancy system. But if it's somebody like say a Luke gets, who hasn't even called plays before, but I'm not, and I'm not saying like that's lowering his credentials or anything like that, but it is different from even like, say like uh, a Joe Brady, Or whatnot, right? Who might even have like kind of his philosophical system of his own in play. If you were like to bring him in and hire him like as an offensive coordinator, which obviously like doesn't look like it's going to happen. Looks like he's going to the Bills. But I just bring you know his name up as somebody who's you know done done more of that type of role before and maybe has more of a philosophy. But now you're bringing in guys who are like not are doing it for the first time, right? But getting like a bigger bite at the apple of being more involved with it and actually calling the plays and whatnot. So and I'm sure like they still have like their own different kind of you know, philosophies and whatnot takes on offense. That's how they got, you know, the interview and the job in, in the first place. That's why they're in the NFL, right? But, yeah, to me that's what it is too is they're not married to the offensive-minded head coaches system like it was with Nagy. And you would hope at least that, you know, Luke Getze coming in here is going to be not necessarily – looking so much like look heavily for you know that advice or that assistance in the room but would probably be a little bit more open to it right like i said like i'm sure like they're bringing in people who kind of match you know his thought process and what he wants to do but you know they're not necessarily going to be married to luke gets he says especially if, if uh coach floos if you will even be in the defensive minded head coach shit he's still the head coach and if he sees something wrong with like the offensive you know game plan or whatnot he could still get with all those offensive minded people and you know, kind of say hey switch it up or figure it out like we're not going to marry ourselves to this you know strategy maybe we thought we were going to do this entire year like your new assignment is to change it right like something like he would uh, still then have that power whereas if it's somebody like an offensive minded coach I hate keep going to it but it it was the latest thing we have and Matt Nagy who's going to tell him that and that was one of the biggest questions right is sure you can maybe give up the play calling and whatnot but at the end of the day he's still the guy calling the offensive shots he's still the guy who's heavily in charge of scheming the whole damn thing so that won't be the case necessarily anymore you know you have somebody like a luke Getzy who's primarily in charge now of, of doing that on on the offensive coordinator end but now you could still have somebody like a like a eber or coach flus again if you will um who could still voice voice more of an opinion and even like say like veto something if it's something he really doesn't like? Just because he's not an offensive minded coach, in my opinion, I would hope that doesn't necessarily give him any sort of veto power. Which obviously he does have that over the scheme um, if he feels like there needs to be maybe something a tweak there or two.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think if you think about the last coaching crew, right, it was all yes men, right? Like Nagy came in and was like, yep. "Okay, great, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have." My way or the highway with De Filippo and Bill Laser, and we'll bring Doug Peterson in for a little bit for consulting, and Brad Childress, and it, yep. it was—I mean, Dave were going, I guess, crossover regimes, but it was like all—all all, all these guys were of the same tree, been doing this for you know twenty years.
1: They went all in. All and in they went the all
0: system. in on the system versus the player, and it's just—it's—it's—it's. It's, it's, I don't know. It's strange to me. Like I don't know why you'd ever not want to cater something towards your best athletes, and it's going to be hopefully a breath of fresh air to at least—if it doesn't work, doesn't work, but at least maybe there's some idea and identity here of, okay, instead of bringing a system, we know exactly what we have to do, build whatever we need to do to get the most out of our quarterback, and if it's the wrong quarterback, they'll deal with that too, but— I I think at least they got to give him a shot. And even Justin Fields said it a breath of fresh air, basically. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice little shot to the other guy. (laughs) But
1: it just... I hope it works. You know know what, Joe? You want to know what I have to say about that? And I get it. I know Justin Fields is still very young, and I know that he's still trying to grow into this role of hopefully a franchise quarterback. And if with the wrong guidance, it can maybe even derail something that could be special. However... Let's just look at the situation in Green Bay right now with LaFleur. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, how great of a mastermind is he really gonna be? Good luck with Jordan Love. Let's see what you got. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be great and he'll do great things with Jordan Love if that's if theoretical situation happens. Maybe he won't. Same thing in Tampa Bay. All right. What does that coaching staff do now that T B twelve decided to call it quits and retire? Like, what I'm getting at is it's a lot easier to be this to have your offensive minded skills and to have your, you know, skills at that job and scheming and play calling be highlighted and look really good when you have somebody like the greatest of all time or one of one of the greatest of all time, like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers under center for you. So the thing is with me as long as what they do doesn't derail Justin Fields, he's kind of going to be the one to make it work or not. Because if they truly are, if they truly are just not sticking to a system, which is probably the number one thing you could do to derail um, an underdeveloped quarterback, because he's not completely developed yet by no means, but if you really are going to game plan to his skill set, and I'm sure they're a smart enough group to figure out what that is and how to figure that out, then at that point, what else more can you ask for? Let Justin Fields show out, like, hey, this meets your skill set and if what we see like on the tape and on the TV and the breakdowns and stuff it all makes sense that you know schematically it, it, it's that's where it's at then i think that becomes more than even like on Justin Fields than them right because at the end of the day any top level quarterback any top level team you still need the pieces that can act out a good enough system right like the system has to be good The play calling has to be intelligent on both sides of the football, but you still need the playmakers, right? You still need the top-notch quarterback. You still need the receiver who could go up and get one or run a great route. You still need the blocking. You still need the pass rushers, and that's talent, right? So I think we could think all day long and bite our fingers all day long about, oh, man, what do we have as a play caller? What do we have as this? If they truly are on the offensive side of the football going to – scheme towards Justin Fields strains, then at the end of the day and if they do accomplish that, if they do, if they do just that, and if they do accomplish that, then ultimately at the end of the day I think it's on Justin Fields on whether he's gonna be good or not. I don't overly simplifying it perhaps but makes sense. You know? At that point, it's just going to become the player. I think more than the the play calling and schematics, as long as the play calling and schematics is somewhat intelligent, which last year it wasn't necessarily at times. Yeah, and
0: you can overcome bad play calling sometimes. I mean, like, and I think we've seen that, right? Like, like Mr. Biscay was average and then put in this system was rough. Right. Justin Fields, I think you've seen way more flashes of, okay, this guy's got something special here. He's just hamstrung by this coach, but we see what's there, and right. you need the right people to hopefully unlock it. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I know, before we close, Alan Williams, defensive coordinator, looks like the Bears are probably going to go back to a 4-3, which is what they ran under Lovey Smith. Uh, Bear down, yeah, right. Chicago <laughs> Bears. Um it's interesting. I think it's it'll be curious to see what that means for the roster because the roster was built for a three four, but you know it's going back to the old days, kind of. I mean, it's going to be different, but it's that it's that lovey cover two peanut punch ball. I yeah. sure hope it still works, but I know watching last year they do not have the secondary to run it. But we'll have to see. They got to shore up everything if they really want to run that kind of defense.
1: You know what, Joey? They don't have the secondary to run any any type of. If that's what the secondary is, they're not that good. Period. I don't care. I don't care if it's a cover two. I don't care if you're throwing you know through a four three defense. I don't care if you're running a three four or forty six. Call it whatever the hell you want. That secondary is not championship caliber caliber. So they got to figure it out, anyways, right? I mean, I, I once again, maybe I'm oversimplifying things here, but um, sure. Can it can it potentially be worse for one year? Maybe if, if you do do that and you don't. You know, acquire the pieces needed um, to run that kind of a system? Maybe. Um, but, I mean, you, you, you need new pieces in the secondary anyways. That, that That's arguably the number one piece um, we need. I know you can argue about the line, but, you know, to me, you plug in a few more pieces there and you give guys like Larry Borum, you know, some permanent some permanent time. And you give Jenkins, you know, a, a whole nother crack at it. You know, things could gel there. I think it's you know you still need another component there or two on the offensive line, and then you could look elsewhere. But arguably the secondary is where they need to make you know the the most improvement in their like you said newly formed again four um, three defense. But Good point there, Uh, and on that note, hope everyone is all caught up on Boba Fett, which we talked for hours and hours about, just kidding, um, off here before um, the podcast. Don't worry, no spoilers, no spoilers, but... You know I was pissed about about yesterday, we'll say one thing. It's not spoiling anything. I'm mad at the
0: spoilers, because normally Ah. there's a grace period amongst everybody...
1: No more, my friend.
0: ...that, that, okay, if an episode comes out at midnight, you don't talk about it for the whole day, and then at Thursday at midnight... You could talk about it. And it's normally safe. And I know Instagram I'm not supposed to go on. I went on Twitter for sports. And sports people were talking about it. I go, come on. I haven't watched it yet. I'm at work.
1: Yeah. It's just... Jerks. I would never do that. Yeah. Well, the funniest one I saw, and I'm not going to say what it was, but it was an Instagram post. And it did say, it did. The very first picture said, spoilers are ahead. So if you swipe, you're getting spoilers. But how desperate are people from content? Basically, all it was was i'm not gonna say exactly what it was but you scroll in and it's just like pictures of the episodes right so they're showing you things that are in it or what are themes and stuff like that but it's like there was no like breakdown or like review it was just photos of like things that were like topics in the episodes and i'm like did you even need to post this and hey thanks for putting spoilers ahead before you swipe right but how is that any relevant content anyways Either way, stop spoiling things. Whether it's a movie, a TV show, stop it. Right? See, so you can't
0: spoil sports. Everyone has to watch it live. TV yeah. now, it's all on your own time. And I'm just, right. I'm angry at the world. So now, phone to the trash, you go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And on that note, with throwing technology into the trash, I'm Dan Collins. You can find on Twitter at tweet Dan Collins. He's Joey Gelman. Once again, you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. This final week show. Uh, at twitter at believe in chicago uh again we're brought to you by the believe podcast network your number one podcast network for professionals we'll catch you next time